0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is David Greenspan, and you are listening to the Mindshare Podcast, a proud member of the Industry Syndicate Media Network. Additional podcasts are available at Mindshare101.com and on all the major podcast platforms. This week's episode is sponsored by the Buzz Conference, Vantage Law, and Kits Keep in Touch Systems. Did you grab your tickets for the next Buzz Conference event yet? It is called Empower Her. This is a Women's Virtual Leadership and Empowerment Summit taking place tomorrow, April 8th, and moving on to April 9th. Conversations and discussions will take the day from success and failures to marketing promotions, social media influencer communications, mentorship and networks, and so much more. Women in leadership roles continue to grow and elevate our real estate industry more than ever, and the Empower Her Conference is going to shine a bright light on the powerful females driving our industry forward. So make sure you save the date, April 8th to 9th, and book your tickets. You can find out everything you need to know about all of the great events put on by the Buzz Conference by following at the Buzz Conference on Instagram. Registration links are in their bio. We're excited to have Vantage Law with us again for this episode. Their principal lawyer, Alessandro Ocampo, says, We are committed to delivering service excellence to our clients and partners in the areas of real estate law and private lending. We also provide notary public services. We pride ourselves on handling your legal needs in a personal and professional manner. And our promise to our clients and partners is to deliver our services in a respectful, approachable, and hospitable manner. We offer virtual service and mobile service within a two-hour radius of our Vaughn office with evening and weekend availability for the convenience of our clients. Be sure to check in with Alessandra and Vantage Law for all of your legal needs. And of course, Kits. Kits is always with us. Kits offers a fully loaded cross-channel marketing suite, including Loop CRM, websites, personalized newsletters, follow-up tools, curated social media content, wow calendars, and so much more. All to help you manage your business, build Mindshare, and drive even more sales. You can learn more on my site, Mindshare101.com, by clicking on Marketing. I also want to share that we're working to get to 100 reviews on iTunes, and I want you to be a part of it. If you have already, thank you. If you've not yet, please take two minutes, go to iTunes, rate the show, leave a review. It is really, really easy. And once again, thank you in advance. Today's episode is number 124. She serves as president and CEO of the Realogy Expansion Brands portfolio, which include Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate and ERA, focusing her efforts on guiding the strategic growth of the brands within the division. She most recently served as president and CEO of Better Homes and Garden. Under the leadership, the brand grew significantly across more than 40 states and six countries and established a unique position as real estate's lifestyle brand. Well-known for building brands based on next-generation consumer insights, along with her innovative marketing and sales acumen, her tech-forward mindset has been proven to usher brands to the next level in the industry which she serves. She is a strong advocate of engaging with businesses and consumers through social media channels, making her the most followed CEO of a national real estate brand on Twitter. And she currently serves on advisory boards for the National Association of Realtors, Real Estate Services Program, the Asian Real Estate Association of America Education Foundation, New Story Charity, a certified 501 that builds safe homes and transforms slums into thriving communities in developing countries. In December 2018, she was appointed as a strategic advisor of the Wine Society, a premium wine subscription company in the development and growth of the company's mission and business plan in efforts to build brand awareness and move the wine industry forward in the same ways she has done for real estate. She's been recognized over seven years consecutively as one of Inman's 100 most influential real estate leaders and was inducted into Riz Media 2021 Newsmakers Hall of Fame, which celebrates industry icons for their astounding achievements and commitment to exemplary service. Additional accolades include the Swanee Power 200 list, named a luminari in Riz Media's Newsmaker list, an industry game changer by Real Trends, one of the most most influential real estate executives by Real Estate Executive Magazine, and has profiles in Diversity Journal's Diversity Leader and Women Worth Watching lists. She is also a graduate of the University of Western Ontario and earned an MBA from the Ivy School of Business. This week, we are honored to add the Mindshare podcast to that incredible resume as we are joined by President and CEO of Realogy Expansion Brands, the one and only Sherry Chris. Sherry! welcome to the show
1: david i'm i've never <laughs> heard my resume read that way i'm embarrassed it sounds a lot better than what it really is when you say it
0: well i will tell you reading through it uh i there's times where we get these things and we think let's chop them up let's wordsmith them let's kind of make them on our own maybe cr- crunch them down a little bit and as i was going through i'm like wow this is impressive <laughs> stuff no seriously it's uh it is an honor to have you on the show today. Um, thank you for making the time, and that is that is quite the resume. And we are excited to have the MindShare Podcast do it.
1: Uh, it's an honor to be here today, David. It really is. Oh, so excited! And I'm in Toronto as we speak. So I
0: know I was blown away when you said that part. I thought, like, go figure that one. And then we started talking about all the restrictions and everything else. But I, you know, I'm going to leave that one for another time because uh, we got more important things to talk about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm curious. I wanted to ask you, you know, what have we learned about the industry, about the market, um, about consumers overall over these past sort of what, 13 plus months now? Um, What is the most positive lesson that we believe came out of COVID so far?
1: Well, David, we uh, wrote the at Realty Expansion Brands. We actually consulted with many of our broker owners, uh, not just around the country, but around the world because the ERA brand is in 36 countries and we uh, constructed a white paper about leading during the time of COVID and some interesting information came out of that white paper but let me summarize it with just a few key points is that number one broker owners really got put their arms around their agents um, in the early days and that has continued today so uh, most of our companies have a very, very strong culture, but that culture went even deeper during the initial uh, time of COVID, and certainly as you know, we've gone over the one-year mark. So that's number one. Number two is that agents created deeper relationships with the end consumer, and you know that's great because they gave back to their communities during COVID and all of those important things that realtors do on a regular basis. But um, it's doubly important because that has continued today. And it's very important for real estate moving forward because number three, I believe that the strength of this industry will continue to be, but even in a greater way, be based on those relationships and I know we're going to talk about technology and I do have some thoughts around that but think about the importance of when you're you know dealing with your largest family asset that has become even important more important today than ever before you want to make sure that you have the right professional standing at your side and that might sound like a commercial for real estate but in fact it's true it's very very true and so I'm coming out of this really feeling like there's a huge silver lining for our industry, Uh, setting aside the fact that the, you know, the markets across North America are absolutely on fire, most of them. um, And that's probably something else that we can talk about, but just that, that whole deepening of the uh, relationships, both family um, with your business partners and agents, and even most importantly with the end consumer.
0: You know, it's interesting. I mean, it's no surprise that you bring up the word relationships. That's what this business is all about. I mean, technology side, and I do want to dive into a whole bunch of tech with you. But I mean, that, that's what this business comes down to is the relationships that we have with other people. And I recall back when this whole thing started and I was, I was being interviewed on one of the radio stations up here. And they were asking me that of, you know, what are people doing right now? What should we be doing? And I said, look, you know, and this was at the time reach out to the small businesses where you buy milk and eggs on a regular basis. That they're not the big box store. The one where it's like mom and pa that own it, call them and just let them know like you're going to be back. Right. Lockdowns yep. are not like you'll be back. Put a smile on their face. And the idea there was build a relationship. I mean, I'd said to people and I've said this many times before, but pick up the phone and make your calls. People would turn yep. back and go make my calls, but you know, I shouldn't be making phone calls about real estate right now. And I, I didn't tell you to talk about real estate. Exactly. Just call and be relational with people. Yeah right now call and care care about people well this is the thing i remember uh chris voss the uh author of never split the difference fbi negotiator even said that to us on on the show a few months back when he was on and he'd said you know when you ask somebody especially and this come come from like a hostage negotiator right he says you don't call and ask the family how they're doing he says if you're about to ask how are you you better be prepared to like no no no, how are you and you think about that one because it rolls off our tongue so often i'm like hey how you doing yeah that's good okay cool here's what i want to talk about But when we think about, you know, the how are you conversation, the question, it's really dig in and ask people how they're doing. Listen for that answer. Build on the relationship, right? Now, you mentioned about the the markets. And I mean, across the board, the markets are on fire. Do we think they're going to keep up at this pace? Like, what are we preparing for maybe down the road? It's, it's very difficult to gauge what's going
1: to happen, but, you know, if we look at it scientifically, so, you know, we can look at it scientifically and we can look at it emotionally. Mm -hmm. So let's look at it scientifically, first of all. And so, you know, there's supply and demand. So right now there's a lot of demand and very little supply. So that will continue to drive the market provided the uh, demand continues, you know, are people going to get tired of waiting for that new home then if the demand diminishes the market will slow down we do need more inventory and we talk about this all the time but think about this in the u.s last year almost six million properties transacted and so that's six million listings and so if agents are sitting there saying i can't get a listing well there were six million listings last year so they're somewhere they're just not bubbling up onto the MLS sites, et cetera. There's a lot of our off-market business being done. But let's look at the emotional piece of it as well. And so, you know, I divide the uh, people into different categories, David. And one is the early movers, Uh, you know, March, April of 2020, where people said, hell, I'm moving. And, uh, you know, I'm going to move somewhere different because this is going to last for a while. And my company told me that I don't have to come into the office anymore. So those were the people that kicked it off in May, June, July, those early movers that were really, you know, in some instances, buying almost anything. And, uh, you know, a, a number of them regretted their purchases after they made them. And so those properties will come back on the market. But when we look at what happened, it was the uh, high net worth individuals for the most part that were kicking things off by saying, I'm going to buy a second or third home because I can afford to do that. And I want to make sure that my family is safe and that I have a different type of lifestyle. So that's that first group. Then we had the uh, millennials, surprisingly enough, because we've been talking about them for so long. And Gen Z as well say, hey, interest rates are historically low. A lot of people are buying real estate right now. I don't have to work at an office anymore. So I'm going to jump in as well. And in the US, those numbers, you know, they were hovering in the low 30s. 30% eat month after month after month of all purchases, according to NAR were first time home buyers. Now it's inching up towards 40%. So the millennials and Generation Z, that generation after the millennials are buying. So that's group two. Group three is what we really need to concentrate on now. And those are methodical people who are saying, okay, we've been in this for a year now, and I really do want to move somewhere else. I want to move to a state that is Uh, more tax friendly, or the climate is better, or I want to move to the country rather than the city. And so that will continue to drive the market. But we don't know, it's impossible to know how long this is going to go on for. I believe that it will continue through 2021. And, you know, as you know, and we all know that real estate is always a cyclical business. And Uh, there are the ups and the downturns and there will be another downturn, but I don't think it's going
0: to be right now. You know, I have said this to people is, uh, prepare for it. Right. And that's not to be pessimistic. That's just to be realistic. Like what you said, what goes up must come down. That's just the way things go. And I also look here and, and and sort of this kind of leads me into the next question because I'm trying to figure out where people are getting all this money from, you know, um, and what this is going to do to affect us in the next five to 10 years. And I mean, I, I, you know, I got some friends of mine that put an offer for $400,000 over on a property that was already listed at $200,000 over, which really meant they were going $600,000 over and they lost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you beg the question, you go, you know, if this thing starts to flatten back down, because we do have people out there that are going, we're going to see a, a you know, a 40% adjustment. We're going to see $400,000 come up. I mean, numbers can be all over the place, but, I think there's something to be said about the fact that at some point we're probably going to see that price adjustment come. And yeah. now I look at all the people that are spending all this money and I'm going like, do you recognize the mortgage that you've just taken on the payments, the fact that you're going to be in this house for a long time. I've asked this question to everybody and, and, and I, nobody has the real like perfect answer, but I'm just curious, like all this extra money, like you just got qualified for 750, but you're going to put an offer firm 1.2. Where do you get off? it's a little scary really when you think it's about nice it year. and uh you know
1: it's uh historically and I've been in this industry for over 30 years you know the last Um, 18 working in the U.S. and prior to that uh, 16 in Canada and you know when there's a frenzy like this it it sometimes not always but sometimes means that we're at the top of the bubble and something is going to happen here and um, so is that where we are right now I'm not sure about that but prices are being driven up now. When you think about it, there's a lot of uh, refinancing going on. Mm-hmm. The mortgage companies are incredibly busy now because people are refinancing their existing homes because the prices have gone up. They're taking that cash and putting it into other homes. Also, you know, think about this, David. In the early COVID days, I have a very strong feeling that um, you know that many people decided that liquidity was um, you know a good route to go. And so they took money out of uh, potentially the markets and cash had cash on hand, seeing the real estate market on an incline, uh, put their money into real estate. The third thing is, is that you can buy a house with very little down right now. So, uh, you know, you don't have to have a lot of cash to either get in or buy a second home or sell and buy. So, the cash isn't necessarily the priority, uh, provided that the mortgage companies uh, and banks will
0: continue to lend. That And that's that's the big one to me is that whole idea of like, you know, I was, I was just, I just finished prior to getting on here uh, with one of the groups that I, I coach and uh, they're a mortgage company. And we were talking about that and they're, they're getting it left, right and center. Like you said, they're incredibly busy right now. You know, yep. they're, they're pre-qualifying people at, at X. And then like literally the agents are coming back with like, you know, a firm deal that's 300k over. And these guys are going, how do you want me to do this for you right now? Right? I've exactly. got at least 48 hours on this thing. And they're like, nah, it's firm. We've got to go. That's, I, j- I cannot figure it out. And I think that the long term effects on this are going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be heavy. You know, they of- they are,
1: and um, it's going to be interesting. And David, let me apologize for a moment because I know you heard, and probably the audience heard a couple of beeps, and yeah. so I took care of that. So no
0: problem. No, problem. you know no these things happen. Oh, please, we're that's we're we're live rolling with the punches. <laughs> it's no problem. But you know, looking at the money factor, um, and just briefly on this one, because again, there is no crystal ball. Nobody has the right answer on it, and and speculating can just it can be fun to do, but who knows, right? capital gains tax is being proposed uh, up here north of the border. You know, there's some fears around that in terms of what's that going to do for the long term. Um, You know, do you think this is a measure to try to cool the market? And if it is, do we think it's going to help? Or do you think it would be more detrimental if they went ahead and with that capital gains tax?
1: It's a good question. And, uh, you know, it's a difficult one. I mean, who knows what the conversation is behind closed doors, either south of the border or north of the border. And uh, I, my personal feeling, though, is that, uh, you know, let's go south of the border. And there was a fear for a period of time that the, um, you know, mortgage interest deductibility would be Taken away, and you know what that was going to do to the real estate industry as as a whole. And in the end, we all, you know, many of us felt that um, it might slow it down a tiny bit. But you know, the dream of home ownership and the pride of owning a home was going to, you know, over uh, would would definitely overcompensate for for these types of things. So here, north of the border, with the capital gains, yeah, things happen in government that. Affect us, but I I don't see the market actually uh, dying uh, temporarily as a result of um, anything like that.
0: Interesting. No, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think we're I think probably a week out from the announcement, so uh, we shall we'll see. What
1: happens. You know, think about what's happened in the past, and if you know, we look at Vancouver, uh, where there was the uh, tax, uh, you know, for. Um, Uh, non-residents coming Mm -hmm. in and buying properties, So that temporarily slowed the market Mm -hmm. in New York is the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so that has, uh, you know, well, the New York market is uh, something different right now because of COVID, but um, it's, you know, there was a little blip there, but not much. So
0: yeah. Left to be seen as, as, as left to be seen. Exactly. These things happen. We, we get through them. Switching gears. Um, no doubt that embracing technology is, is, is a must Never mind just beneficial to any business, but, but an absolute must, but what part of technology do we think is the most significant for agents to be leveraging to build their brand, do more business? I mean, um, what leading trends do we think, you know, there should be a focus on over these next 12 months and, and in the face of all this technology, what should realtors be doing to remain relevant in this industry?
1: You know, it's an interesting question. There's so much technology that uh, you know is actually there's not that much emerging right now that's very unique and different. There was a period of time where there were a lot of new tools that were coming out, and uh, you know, people flocking to various tools. But uh, what I think right now, and when I look at our uh, broker network across North America and even beyond, is that if you're using simple tools effectively and uh, making sure that you're keeping in touch with people uh, that's what needs to be done so um, example you know I know this sounds very very simple but uh, CRM uh, and you know make sure that you have one not every agent does hopefully you know if people are listening to this today and you don't or you're not using it effectively make sure that that you do Uh, we just uh, announced ironically a whole new suite of tools. Uh, today uh, for all of our brokers and agents that um, you know will be available to them almost immediately which is great but they're simple tools that you can use to keep in touch because the most important piece of the relationship uh, you know between or the most important piece of the transaction is the relationship between the agent and the consumer and so yes there are tools for that but uh, it's uh, you know uh, sometimes your very best tool is the telephone. That's
0: right. Uh, yes. right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Like there's a lot of technology mm-hmm. to take advantage of at the end of the day. I yes. started today's convo off about it. It's about the relationship.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so okay.
0: Yeah. So what's your message to everybody about? Like, if I said to you, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not really into video. What, what say you at this point right now?
1: OK, well, you know, you can get me started on this now and <laughs> we'll talk about it. So uh, when we talk about technology, uh, OK, there are technology tools, but let's also talk about marketing, which we used to call advertising mm-hmm. in the old days. We used to call it advertising. We used to advertise uh, in the newspaper and various flyers, et cetera. Uh, some of us put publications together. That was an effective way of advertising. Um, today, advertising is social media and that is how we promote ourselves. Uh, We promote um, sometimes our listings. Uh, We put our personalities out there. It's how we attract clients by giving them information that they're not necessarily asking for and giving them something where they don't, um, you know, they don't have to give us anything back in return. So social is important. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Uh, clubhouse uh, you know clubhouse is more b2b right now than than b2c but those are important tools and so how do you effectively use them well uh, it's easier and more effective to uh, portray yourself in video rather than uh, having you know the person read something on your instagram feed so we're all drawn to video and video can be used very effectively from portraying yourself as an individual agent, to uh, showing a house in a very unique way, Uh, not just this is the living room, this is the dining room, but in a very unique way. And video is something that we're all drawn to. So it's very easy to use. I shoot video all the time, right on my phone. And, uh, And that is, even if a company is asking for, you know, a video congratulating them, on you know their awards achievement for last year I'll often shoot it on my phone and send it over it doesn't have to be uh, you know broadcast quality Uh, it doesn't have to be in a studio sometimes I go to a studio but it doesn't have to be but it has to be an authentic and sincere message and a message that's pleasing and and delightful to that end
0: consumer usually. Well, and there's the idea, right? Because what it does, especially, I mean, another leverage point on it is the fact that if I'm, you know, doing my first meeting with you and I want to get a sense of like, you know, what is your buying power and what are you looking for and what are those needs and what are those wants and all those open-ended questions, part of what I want to do, I'd like to see your mannerisms. I'd like to see your facial expressions. I'd like to see if you're paying attention or not while you're answering questions, right? So it's, it's understanding again, you know, we get that visual. And I was just, again, with the group that I was on with today, it's also about the the eye contact, right? Getting yes. to see each other. Um, and I'm with you. You know, I started video years ago. I mean, five, six years ago. And I released, I mean, outside of all the live and all the podcasts and everything else we do, I released a new Mindshare video every single Monday. And I've had yes. people ask me, before, Dave, like, what's your setup? What are you using? And I'm like, listen, you can't buy it at a store. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Like, where can you get it? You can't. It's my right arm. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly. literally my phone, me, and that's it. And it's yeah. not overcomplicated and there's ways to leverage it. And everybody really should be um, in today's platform. I mean, the Jetsons told us years ago, this is where we're going. And here we are. They right did, now,
1: And right? you know, that was one of my favorite TV shows. <laughs>
0: It'll be interesting to if we start flying soon. That'd be cool.
1: Well, I um, think we
0: probably will at some point in time. I don't know. Will it be in our lifetime though, is the, is the interesting one, right? But anyway. I hope so. <laughs> um, what's your thought on these, uh, these iBuyer platforms? I mean, just obviously popular conversation on a regular, but the, the process itself, I mean, do we, do we see agents being phased out because of this stuff? You know, it's very
1: interesting in that uh, there was a fear uh, early on that uh, you know, a larger part of the business would be attributed to uh, online buying and selling, and that could cut the agent out. And um, the fact is, is that um, it isn't. And so, you know, there are so many more people today who are buying homes to live in as their principal residence or their second or third homes. And they, uh, you know, they want to deal with an agent, and they want to go through you know an emotional process and so with iBuying, buying, it's primarily investors that you know will take let's say a block of homes, say I'm going to sell these ten homes. I don't want to have to deal with things here. um uh, you know, we'll give it to an eye buying company and uh, get rid of it and they they bake their uh, margins right into that decision and then move on and so it has ended up being certainly in the U.S. a um, smaller part of the market, and uh, believe that it will continue for the foreseeable future to be a small part of the market. In fact, during COVID, you know, some of the companies that specialize in, in eye buying suspended their eye buying during that time period, which you know I think was a bit of a setback. But uh, it, the pace hasn't picked up uh, like it should because of the, the inventory. Uh, problem like why not put your home on the market and get twenty offers on it uh, rather than sell it to a company that's going to I buy it from you so uh, the times are not ideal for I buying right now
0: and it's interesting because I I would almost say that logic seems to say that wouldn't it be a more ideal situation for the fact that everybody's on you know more online more at home more not going out to see the properties. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You'd think that uh, that's it. That's an interesting one. I didn't realize that they've kind of almost taken a step back.
1: They had um, taken a step back. Yes. And, you know, when you think, I mean, I bought a property last year um, on site unseen mm-hmm. and uh, during COVID and um, you know, I trusted the agent that I was working with. And so I had met the agent in person and I, you know, got to know that person and, and uh, decided that I was going to trust that person. And so he went and, Uh, viewed properties and actually used FaceTime uh, to uh, show me everything. And, uh, you know, I made that purchase. And so there's that type of um, buying and selling that will take place. But who's in the middle of it? A qualified and trusted
0: professional. Look, I come back to this and we hear it all the time about the movie or the video industry and the taxi industry and the travel industry. I don't believe the real estate industry is in the same boat. I really don't. It's I think not. It, like, this is the biggest purchase of somebody's entire life. Exactly. I don't mean to sound totally off the cuff when I say that I want to be able to reach across the table and touch you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Again, take that within reason. But this is a lot of money. This is emotional. It's the
1: largest asset that most
0: people have. And so whether
1: they have a mortgage or not a mortgage, it's their largest asset. And so uh, that needs to be handled in the utmost of
0: professionalism um, and trust, you know, I can't emphasize trust no, enough. I'm, 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 I'm so with you on this. And I think that again, and this is hence why I asked the question around technology. It's especially for our audience and everybody listening, you know, to really, truly, you know, take that one in and understand that, yes, there's a lot of tools at our disposal that we should be leveraging. I mean, just as we brought up the Jetsons and video and everything else, like yep. leverage, the fact that you did that FaceTime, that incorporates video, that incorporates tech, but there's still the people thing going on there. And that's the big message to really take in right now is that, you know, we've got to keep the, the, the human being aspect, the human element part of this whole thing. And I believe that as long as agents continue to understand the tech is there to help you, it is not there to replace you. And do not put people on a, you know, set it and forget it on, on complete automation, because at some point yeah. we will feel like it's a robot. And now we don't have that connection point. And now you don't set yourself up for the best opportunity to get the deal. I mean, you said 6 million deals there. You know, and if you said you didn't get a deal, but there was 6 million out there, again, it comes back to the effort that you're putting in.
1: Exactly. And, you know, shifting that that focus. And, you know, in in speaking to agents, uh, I talk about the fact that, you know, you need to spend most of your time today like 60, 70, 80% of your time on how to, uh, you know, how to get a saleable listing. Uh, What are you going to do to get a saleable listing? And, you know, something that we haven't talked about yet, but I want to bring it forward before it leaves my mind is uh, the fact that uh, there's a strong belief that uh, more and more business will have a referral fee attached to it in the future. And so that's something to think about from an agent's perspective and a broker owner's perspective is that you know affinity groups, um, relocation, lead generation, um, companies like um, you know Zillow as an example, which is. both in Canada and the US. Uh, So more and more of the agent's business will have a referral fee attached to it. So you have to manage your business differently. Now you have to think, okay, what portion of my business am I able to get on my own? And how much time should I spend on that? And then what portion of my business is going to come through, uh, you know, efforts um, and, and paying for uh, that business in a different way. So it's our industry is changing and it's, it's changing in that direction.
0: You brought up advertising and which we maybe coin marketing or branding, or I like to say mindshare building. Um, You know, when we look at, at, at that and we look at where people are getting their business from, you know, it always comes back to understand who your audience is, right? Like where is your business coming from? Who are those audiences and now figure out what is the best channels and best messaging to use to, to get across those audiences. And, you know, we look at that too. Um, something I'm hearing often, and this is this is coming more from more from the boards and the associations where there's a, a growing concern from the membership that the board of the association is not doing enough to try to drive business back to the members. And I got this thing in my head that goes, but that's not why they're here. And so even including the big brand in that, should the agents be leaving it up to the brand to do the big advertising push, or should they just be continuing to develop their own individual brands and grow that real estate business as as an actual business?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I like this question a lot because um, there are a lot of different opinions on it. And So if we look at the the real estate boards, uh, there is a very large board in the US, the Houston Association of Realtors, where they decided that uh, they were going to take the members' money, uh, the dues that they pay, and uh, create a website and create leads for uh, those agents. And so they've done it successfully over the years, but what they've done is they've leveled the playing field. And so when you look at the brokerage industry, um, everyone is buying for those successful agents by offering different things. And so what an agent has to decide is, um, you know, again, do I want to pay for my business? Um, do I want to try and get it on my own? Should I be a broker owner myself? Um what is that business going to look like? And so um, you know, I think it's the responsibility of everyone. I mean, when I manage brands and franchise brands, and so, uh, when I'm trying to sell a franchise to a broker owner, I say the franchise fee is not it's not really a fee, It's an investment. So you're investing x number of dollars, you should get a x return on your investment. And so when agents are investing money in lead generation or marketing, they should look at, um, you know, what is that um, return going to be. And so the return that I always look for personally, uh, with every dollar that I spend sponsoring events and conferences and uh, all of those things, is a 10x return. You know, I like a 10x return. And so, if you're an agent or a broker owner, every dollar that you spend, you should be able to track that you're getting $10 back on it. And so, uh, that's an important way to manage your business now because let's face it, Marketing, uh, which used to be advertising, has changed significantly. And you could track it back then, too. If you paid $500 for, you know, an ad in the Globe and Mail, um, you should get X number of referrals or leads from it that should translate into a sale. And, you know, you've, you've gotten a return on your investment. So uh, many agents don't think of it that way and uh you
0: know we all need to well i'll tell you oftentimes as i'm doing this and and with a lot of the one-to-one coaching clients i'm working with and i mean just you know individuals groups whatever it be to me it's always about when somebody says you know i want to do and you go well what's your budget and they go well i don't know it depends if it works Mm -hmm. well no there's also an aspect of like what's your budget right because what can you invest for you know When we talk long-term, I'm talking at least in in this world of marketing, 12 to 36 months, what can you invest for that length of time to put your money towards that's going to try to drive some business back? And what other channels will you leverage to actually support all of the stuff you're doing? Because it's not just, you know, one, like here, for example, lead gen, hot topic always. People are always talking about lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. But you just said it. Back in the day of when we put ads in the global mail, we were still generating leads, so Absolutely. lead gen is not isolated to this, this online thing. And in a business, which we've already said, and, and it goes without saying, but it's a belly to belly business. You know, a lot of times agents are thinking that, you know, to generate leads, all I've got to do is just go online and spend some money with, you know, company ABC, that's going to send yeah. me a bunch of leads. But I, I I got a bone to pick with that. Like, I, I do believe that there's gotta be, like I said, a minute ago, the different audiences. So there's a bunch of different pools you're getting from. And like you said, and, and I've kind of echoed from the budgeting thing of you really got to know where you're putting your dollars. You do. Yeah, like, you it's got to it. be an investment. Mm-hmm. You
1: need to know where you're putting your dollars. And so, you know, if you look at uh, typical lead generation efforts where you're buying leads uh, from a company uh, typically the conversion rate is in the two to 3% range. And so, you know, if you're paying um, X number of dollars for, a block of leads, um, and it's it's going to convert at two or three percent. You need to make sure that that investment that you're making is going to have a return for you. And you know, again, uh, agents will talk about the fact that I got uh, you know 150 leads last month. Well, how many sales did you make? Thank you. Yes, and yes. you know that that that's the important uh, piece of it. And you know, another piece of um, you know the whole thought around lead generation is that uh, you know I talk with our brokers a lot about the importance of and it and it uh, translates to agents as well how to diversify your revenue streams so you know and it kind of goes back to the fact that more business will have a referral fee attached to it mm-hmm. but where's your revenue coming from and it should be coming from several different sources so from a brokerage perspective lead generation, uh, it uh, mortgage, uh, you know, in the U.S. title, uh, relocation. And so how are you generating business from each of those uh, different lines of business? And the same for an agent, uh, diversifying your business as well. We talked a little bit about it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we have to look at our industry uh, as, you know, the relationship part of it is so very important, but the scientific part of it uh, is uh, very important as well.
0: Well, that's, that is exactly where we are able to leverage tech these days to be, to really look at and say, where am I, where am I getting my volume? Where, where, Mm -hmm. where is my traffic coming from? What avenues are, and look, I I don't want to put in anybody's mind right now to, you know, pay attention too much to your vanity metrics around likes and views, but there is something to be said about all these platforms do provide insights, be it Google, be it Facebook, Instagram, they provide insights. You get to see Uh what's going on. When is my audience online? What are they attracting? Exactly. Leverage it, figure out what people exactly. like then re-deliver that value back to them.
1: Well, and the, you know, uh, now we don't track, uh, fans or friends, we track engagement. Right, And so, you know, that even takes it further than a like or a view. Um, how, uh, how is the audience engaging with you as an agent or, um, as a broker owner on social? And so, uh, we track that religiously and I can tell you that, Uh, with, you know, one of the brands that I oversee, our engagement is very, very high. It's one of the highest levels of engagement in the industry, because that's what we put our money towards. And then with the other brand, we're building it up now. So it's going to be equally as important. And we know how to do that. And that is, uh, that's the difference. So you know, people are sitting back, I've got a, you know, a million uh, fans on Facebook. Okay, well, how much business did you get from them? Right. Some of them probably don't even know who you are yeah. or, you know, how did they come? Did you buy them? Well, that's People a, yeah. buy, right. you know, it's terrible to even think this, but, uh, you know, buying friends and fans is yeah. um, a common business practice.
0: It is. Now, as we know from the algorithms, it doesn't necessarily bode well. Uh, you know, some people go after that vanity, but at, at the same time too, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, Look, it's one thing for the world to believe one thing, that perception, but it's another when you look yourself in the mirror and say like, am, am I, am I having the success? I'm really looking for what I'm mm-hmm. really working towards. Right. Yes. Um, what about the, the whole virtual world of real estate is, is, um, is this a fad right now? I mean, we see a lot of agents contemplating and really looking and humming and hawing, but do we see this to continuing to be in an, an upward trend or are the bricks and mortar going to be like holding firm ground when the smoke clears?
1: It's a very good question. And, uh, you know, so what I'm seeing um, a number of, uh, a large number of brokers across the country are, um, you know, strategically revisiting the office space space that they have, including us. So if we think about our uh, parent company Realogy, We have 350,000 square feet of space in Madison, New Jersey. We made a decision to downsize that by 75%. So So we're going to have like right around 50,000 square feet. And um, what we're going to do with that square footage is um, have... Areas where people can come will have space not for a thousand people anymore, but 200 people. And um, so people can make appointments. You don't have your own desk or office. And, you know, groups of people can come into the office if they want to have meetings, but you have to plan it in advance. Mm -hmm. And so that is going to be an interesting future for us as a company. Uh, How do you translate that into the brokerage business. So one thing that's happened and every broker that I talk to tells me this is that the engagement between the broker and the agent with online virtual meetings has skyrocketed. So it's the same when we had two virtual conferences, this spring, one for ERA, one for Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. And, you know, in each instance, we had three to four times the number of people uh, engage in the conference virtually than would have traveled to Las Vegas, as an example. Okay. And so there is definitely value in the continuation of virtual. But I, I think where we're going to end up somehow is a combination of live and virtual. And so uh, not necessarily at the same time, because, It doesn't really work that well. But, you know, have some things live and then some things virtual. And uh, I just got off a big virtual call with a whole group of brokers before we started. And, you know, there were so many questions in the chat. We answered them all. There was so much interaction. And there's no way that we could have done that live in today's world. And it was very effective virtually. So I'm a big believer in we're going towards smaller office space, but not completely virtual because agents want, you know, their company, their broker, their fellow agents are like family. And, you know, you want to see and interact with those people. So I believe that it it will be a combination and we're doing work behind the scenes on exactly what, you know, what does the office now of the future look like? Um, It's evolved over the years from, what I used to call a cube farm, you know, with a hundred cubicles to a beautiful space that has most of the space, you know, consumer facing space. And now it will continue to evolve again.
0: That this is an interesting one, because I know over the past probably 10 years, maybe, you know, minus maybe the last 365, maybe two years of it, it was a big push on like renovate the office, bring in the nice tiles, bring in the nice you know seating areas, communal areas, play coffee area. Like where can people come and congregate? And I remember yeah. even delivering a um, a keynote in Vegas to a certain group and talking exactly about that that office culture being that sort of like fifth element, right? Yeah. That thing has changed, but it has not gone away. It's just about, again, back to it, adapting with the technology of how to keep it going. One thing that we know, though, is that agents, most agents still want to get out and see people. They still want to be able to go to the office and be around people. And I, I think that a lot of the folks that have maybe made some some changes over the past year to go into a virtual model where there's there's no opportunity for bricks and mortar as of yet, at least, I think as things start to come back to normal, which we'll get there, there there's going to be a yeah. missing element, you know, there's going to be that missing of that camaraderie, that, that whole thing. But I love the point you brought up as well. Like you try to do a big Q&A in a live stage, it's not going to go over well. You it's not going to go a, over, but you know, and this on. was,
1: it's a great to have a QA. and a you know, what I did earlier today was uh, I had two moderators. Uh, I had, you know, myself, I had another speaker who was, uh, you know, speaking from a deck, and uh, then we had two moderators for the questions. There must have been 50 questions in there. Uh, but the moderators were able to look at the chat and you know um, take the questions and group them into themes and and uh, you know have them answered that way. Very, very effective way to do it. And think about this. Let's take it further to the end consumer and uh, you know we now have um, uh, we have uh, virtual listing presentations that agents use. so, Um, you know, on Zoom, everyone is using Zoom now. And so there's no reason why you can't, uh, you know, if I was uh, competing for the listing on your home, where we set up a Zoom call, I start sharing slides about my credentials, what, you know, what we're going to do, the comparables, uh, the CMA, all of that stuff. And uh, get, and, you know, have you sign the listing virtually if you're not comfortable having people in your home right now. Because let's face it, you know, we think that we're reaching, uh, you know, somewhere towards the end, but we're not
0: really yet, are we? <laughs> for you, not here in Ontario, I'll tell I'm you. Here right. Not here in Ontario, not, not, that's not, for not sure. That's so, what so, happened, they announced uh, yes. it here. Right, <laughs> um, no, it'll be, it'll be interesting, but you just, you brought up two things there. It was leveraging a Zoom call to do your listing presentation. And mm-hmm. again, there's the leverage of the tech. So it's embracing it, but keeping the human element there. And on the, the topic of social media, which we brought up a few minutes ago, and looking at listing presentation, which just came up, there's another reason why you want to leverage social media and video is because, just like we said, before you even walk in my door, I have scoped you out on every platform you exist on. Exactly. This, and I'm going to see exactly who you are. And, oh, wait a second, I just may have to cancel that meeting just prior to you coming over because I might have seen something I don't like. Much the same if I can't find enough the person who does leverage the video does leverage the social, we're going to be able to make more of a connection with each other because there's still a fear around getting together. And I mean, you know, I think that that's something Sherry, that's going to last a while where we go, but I don't know you, I don't know if I want to come deal with you or go into your home or have strangers come to my home. I think that's something we're going to face, you know, over the next little while, a lot. I think we are.
1: And um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's more easier to build trust face-to-face, you know, personally than online. So we're going to have to as an industry and individual agents work that much harder to, to build our credibility. So, you know, think about this. And I uh, you know, for myself, I worked hard to uh, get uh, become verified on, on Instagram verified on Twitter verified on Facebook uh, Wikipedia page, Uh, you know, lots of information on me as a real estate professional. So if a broker owner is thinking about joining one of my brands, they're going to look and see, you know, it's the same thing. I'm not, I'm selling real estate franchises. um, And, you know, in turn, those brokers are recruiting agents and those agents are selling homes. It's all part of the same food chain, so to speak. And so, Uh, one of the things that I try and do is set a good example um, for you know the people that I'm dealing with so they learn from that too. We did that early on uh, last March and April uh, with the uh, start of the pandemic and had weekly sessions with all of our brokers and brought in guest speakers. Uh, It was you know an hour and a half every week that we all got together. There was chat Um, It, you know, was very interactive and that was the putting your arms around, but it was also training the brokers to, oh, I should do the same thing. So I'm going to follow the same format and do that with our agents, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I'm excited about the future of our industry. I, I see that, you know, there have been a number of silver linings, a lot of sadness over the past year and tragedy but uh, you have to look for the silver linings from a business perspective and
0: utilize those i love that positive vibe so let me ask you if you were stepping back into residential sales Mm -hmm. knowing what you know about the industry now the trends and 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 you know what's going on out there where would you start in terms of building your brand and working towards ultimate success
1: Wow. That's a, that's a very interesting question, David. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So, um, you know, I would do some of the things that I talked about. I'd, I'd build a, I'd build a very credible and strong and authentic online reputation so that people, uh, if they didn't know me personally, uh, would be able to go and see, you know, there's nothing on there that would disturb them. Um, and I would go, um, Wider and deeper uh, with a database. So you know when I started selling real estate and i I did start uh, a, my career selling real estate, the first thing that we were asked to do as new agents is, you know, we didn't call it a database then, but you know put a group of clients, potential clients together. And as new agents, we thought, oh, i'd be I'd be really embarrassed, you know, calling the, Hairdresser, for example, and asking for business. Uh, but today in today's world, we need to go wide and we need to go deep. And so that database of people needs, it needs to include people that you would never, ever dream might either do business with you or uh, refer business to you. And that's what I would do. Uh, you know, the, the first two things I would do if I was starting a real estate practice again today which by the way uh there are many days that i think oh i wish i could go back into sales again because you know i've learned so much over the past 30 plus years and i could take all of that and and utilize it effectively but i love what i do too much so that's not going to happen
0: yeah well and i'm in the same boat exactly it's like once in a while you go ah you know should i be doing that but i just love what i do you know it's so it's so amazing but you know, you're making my cheeks hurting right now because when you said, you know, 30 plus years in the biz and the first thing you're going back to was that database. It's the yeah. same thing I say to everybody. Like if you don't have one before you brush your teeth tonight, I want you to get a database together. And I mean, I'll challenge people. Like I could I'll I'll I won't put it out there right now, but I've done it many times. And, and many people listening probably know because I've done it to him. But uh, I challenge people that within the next sort of almost 36 hours to uh, add 150 people to your contact list. And it is so easy and so possible. It literally just takes about 90 minutes of your time broken over three separate sessions, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, you will get to 150 people, no problem, but um, exactly. I'll leave that for another time. It That's where the gold is right now. I just want to touch on this topic for a minute. Cause it's, I, I think it's an important one. Um, mm-hmm. The importance of communication, the importance mm-hmm. of inclusion. We talk about how small the real estate industry is. Um, we look at what's going on right now. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of posture, maybe a lot of cowboys out there in terms of, and when I say that, I mean, in terms of that fact of like, I just got to get the deal done. I'm doing what's good for my client. And like, I don't care what you have to do, but it's a small world and you might see this person again. And much the same when we look at the technology and we look at people's mindsets being affected right now because of this seclusion, the distancing, Mm -hmm. you know, and and how, you know, we got our keyboard tough guys. Um, What's your message in terms of just more, I guess, communication and inclusion and inclusion is a big umbrella over our industry these days.
1: It really is. So, you know, when, first of all, um, in one of the core values that we have at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate is inclusion. And to us, that means including all people and ideas. And so, you know, we go outside the industry and David, I have to stop for a moment and say, you know, with the beeping and everything, and we can, you know, I'm not afraid to tell the audience this is that, The window washer is outside my window, uh, washing the window right now. So it's noisy. So I am so sorry that I'm not in the studio, but you know, these are things that happen every day and we have to deal with them. So I'm ignoring it and you're, you know, you and the listeners might hear a little bit of noise, but it is what it is. And so it's kind of uh, you know, it relates to what we're talking about and that is you're going to have Obstacles and things happen, and you know, you can choose to be upset about it, or you can choose to just move on and ignore it. And so, I'm choosing to move on and ignore it and now that I've said that. I can't remember what your question was. <laughs> you
0: know what? I don't even know where I was either. Oh, no, so uh, mindset it was something about a
1: database.
0: No, 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 communication, inclusion, oh, communication. Right? Oh, just looking so, at that, yes.
1: So I was talking about core values um, and uh, Better Homes and Gardens, Mm -hmm. passion, authenticity, inclusion, growth and excellence. And so inclusion uh, to me and to us means including all people and ideas. And if you go deeper on that, it means doing the right thing with everyone and, you know, communicating effectively and in a kind way and, you know, giving back to the world. And, uh, you know, setting aside um, your negative thoughts and really, uh, you know, each and every day you get up and say, what am I going to do today that may make a difference in one person's life? And that person may be somebody that you don't like or, um, you know, you have uh, bad feelings about, but that doesn't matter. And so that is different than having an effective database. That is living life as... A human being who really cares and, you know, wants to do the right thing each and every day. And to me, that's what communication is. It's that positive communication that you relate to someone else that makes them think, okay, um, yes, I have been by myself for a year, but I'm still a really good person and I have a lot to
0: offer. Oh, I love it. I love it. Have you got a, a few more minutes? I got a few more I questions. Do, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, cause I, I want to ask you about, uh, kind of looking ahead over the next five years, um, emerging tech prop tech, you know, what's Realogy doing? Uh, and I, I just, I wanted to kind of get that in as well. You know, what's Realogy doing to adapt, um, and continue to lead the way in this new world of COVID, you know, what's the big focus on moving forward? Um, how are we helping realtors navigate their day to day?
1: You know, some of the things that we've talked about already, um, are part of it, David, but, uh, You know, I I mentioned today we announced um, a um, very significant partnership with a third-party technology provider Mm -hmm. uh, to provide, uh, you know, Technology tools that are relevant today and will be relevant tomorrow to our our entire agent base across six brands and hundreds of thousands of agents. And so it's a huge undertaking, and we'll all be working on it, and we're all very excited about it. And so that speaks to our dedication at Reology, where we're, we're a real estate company, you know, we're the largest real estate company in the world. We have, um, companies and offices in well over 100 countries. And uh, it's, you know, a a giant um, undertaking each and every day, but everything that we do relates to real estate. So um, we managed a global company, um, again, you know, in all of those countries and all of the agents completely remote for over a year now. So our CEO, uh, Ryan Schneider is working from his home. We don't have a place to go. Our office is completely shut down. We've all worked effectively Uh, managing and growing. Last year we had as a public company our best year ever. Uh, Many companies did, but we did as well, uh, working for almost the entire year remote. So what we do is look at how can we provide the tools and technology for all of our agents? How can we provide uh, relocation uh, leads and generate leads for them, for all of our agents? Uh, How can we provide ancillary services that include mortgage partnerships and title for all of our agents? How can we provide the training uh, for our agents to make them better, uh, more productive and, uh, you know, more up to date with everything that they do? That's all we do each and every day, which is why I said earlier I loved selling real estate, but I absolutely love what I do today. And it's all of those things that I just talked about, because, you know, when we track, we track our business every day. And so we look at, you know, what's up, what's down and the same with companies. And so I just feel such a sense of pride when I'm able to look at companies that I've made a difference with that are on the increase they're growing through merger and acquisition through recruiting through per agent productivity growth and all of those things it's just wonderful you know it's it's such a wonderful industry
0: it really is so so you know as the day is over for you and it's it's time to kind of like shut it down how do you know it's been a successful day for you
1: Oh, wow. That's a great question. You know, I try and make every day a successful day and end it on a high note because let's face it. I mean, things happen and, you know, they what you don't want to do is, uh, you know, it's like a husband and wife or, you know, a married married partners uh, and where they say you never want to you know, go to bed angry with one another, right? That's something that my mom and dad used to always say. And so you never want to end the day on a low note is that if you have, if that last phone call wasn't what you wanted it to be, make another call and uh, make sure that you ended on a high note. And, you know, for me, Um, A lot of what keeps me going and keeps me energized is the work that I do outside of our industry with new story charity, where we're building homes in third world countries that, you know, people are living in families are living in, in dirt huts. And so that is, uh, you know, an amazing um, feat to help raise money and, and build those homes. And so that's one. And of course, on the fun side of things, uh, wine Society is a millennial, female-owned, uh, female-founded uh, wine distribution company in California, and I happen to like wine. So uh, <laughs> so if all else fails during the day, <laughs> you go to the most expensive bottle <laughs> that you have, you open it and have a glass, Yeah, and then yeah. the day ends on a high note.
0: Um, I want to encourage every single one of our listeners tuned in today to go back to every episode that I've recorded uh, in recent time and listen to that question about what is, you know, how do you know it's been a successful day for you? And Sherry, I'm going to let you into something here. Um, I was listening for one particular word and you said it earlier on in our conversation today. Uh, You said it multiple times and, and you brought it back up again as you were saying this. And it's that little four letter word called help. There's not a person that I have interviewed on this show yet that when I ask that question ever says, Oh, I did a deal. I made money. I had success because I signed something. You always get from leaders. You always get the, we helped people. However it's come across the message is something about helping others. And I want, I just, I really want to drive that home for everybody tuned in right now, everybody watching live, everybody listening to the audio. um, Know that you want to have success, figure out how to help somebody else today exactly final question for you we just started q2 we've got about 268 ish days left in the this uh this this wonderful year um we got we got a lot of time to make it a great year what is the uh big most important message some some last words or tips and you shared some wonderful wonderful stuff with us today um what are you sharing out there to just help agents get out there build some mind share and really win their year what's that that sort of parting thought
1: if the parting thought goes back to something that we talked about early on, and, uh, you know, that is uh, listings and, you know, finding saleable properties that uh, where people are willing to move right now. And again, going deep, um, you know, you might think that your next door neighbor would never move. You might think that you, um, you know, the person that you meet in the grocery store, if you're allowed in a grocery store. Uh, would never want to move but those are the people that you know can either bring you business or or that you can make a difference in their lives and you know it's how you it's how you have to look at it so that's what I would do is really concentrate on uh, you know first and foremost how you can make a difference in this industry and uh, you know that's the emotional part Many of our companies don't talk about how many deals they had in a month at the monthly sales meeting. They talk about how many families they've helped. And, you know, if you just change those words, it changes everything in your mind. And so always look at our industry, both from the emotional and the scientific part. And so emotions helping people. Um, The business part is where am I going to find people to help really uh, that's that's what it is and so dig deep and uh, you know make a difference our industry is fantastic I absolutely love uh, I love the real estate industry and the fact that we do what we do we give back so much and uh, we care so much as an industry and so rise above everyone else and just do your very best every day and you will make a difference
0: where can people find you? People can
1: find me very easily. Uh, Just uh, type in Sherry Chris. uh, That is Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, I know my cell phone is out there. I do get calls. Um, Love to connect uh, via DM, um, on any of those sites and uh, would love to continue the conversation. So um, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Really, it has. I'm very excited about uh, meeting with you and the fact that you would
0: have me on your show. I'm honored. Uh, I would say that right back to you. I am absolutely honored that uh, you were able to make the time today to join us. I thank you for all of the amazing insights you shared with us Um Hours pass by way too quickly these days, uh, but uh, a big thank you to you, seriously, for all the time, for all the insights, and for for all the amazingness you're doing for this industry. Um, it, it really is the greatest industry in the world, and uh, you're 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 part of the reason why it is so awesome. So thank you, thank you.
1: It's my pleasure, and you know my final word to you will be: you know this conversation has gone very well. Let's see how we can do more business together. Um, and do something together. So um, to it. we'll talk about that mm-hmm. uh, later.
0: I look forward to it. Thank you again. Thank you, David. You're either listening to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or maybe you downloaded our free Industry Syndicate Podcast app. Or maybe you went to my website, MindShare101.com. And while you're on my site, make sure to download your free copy of the Ultimate Marketing Bundle for Realtors. This is a 31-page e-book packed with a ton of tips and tricks for you. Plus, there's a ready-to-go 90-day social media content calendar to help you build more mindshare so that you can get more market share. And if you want to talk about personalized one-to-one coaching to help you get to your next level, just get in touch with me. We'll set up a free consultation call, learn more about what you're looking to achieve, and well, how I will help you do just that. Also, don't forget that our push to 100 is on. So be sure to please go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, rate us, and leave a review. And if you haven't yet, connect with me on Facebook at MindShare101 and on Instagram at DavidGreenspan101. I want to once again thank the Buzz Conference, Vantage Law, and Kits Keep in Touch Systems for sponsoring today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Buzz Conference at the Buzz Conference on Instagram and either click the link in their bio or visit thebuzzconference.com to find out all the details for our upcoming Empower Her event starting tomorrow, April 8th and running on to April 9th. Be sure to also check in with Alessandro Ocampo and Vantage Law for all of your legal needs. And remember, they offer virtual service and mobile service within a two-hour radius of their Vaughn office. You can connect with Vantage Law on Instagram at VantageLaw underscore. And if you haven't yet, check out the powerful marketing suite offered by Kits, including CRM, websites, lead gen tools, repeat and referral tools, and a library of curated social media content. Just go to my site, MindShare101.com, and click on marketing. This has been another episode of the Mindshare Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.